Welcome to podcast 249 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dave and Doop. Welcome gentlemen. Welcome. The double Ds. The double Ds. Indeed, indeed. So this week we have a safe focus from Mr. Doop, who's going to update us on what's going on with his Manchester United save. And also in our spotlight, it's cup final season. So we'll be looking at how you either build on the success of a cup final or move on from failure. But without further ado, Mr. Doop, take it away. Update us all. Hello. Yes. Hello. Manchester United save, which is, you know, I don't do them that often. Um, unlike Dave and Wolves saves. Um, <laughs> let me just give you a quick roundup because I want to make sure everyone's fully aware because I think it's been a while since you spoke about it. We have uh, a couple of rules in place for this. Uh, we took an IRL results from the 1st of April 2022. Um, my, the club reputation has been dropped down by 25%, which makes us 16th highest in the Premier League for club reputation, which is poor. And also we are maxing ourselves to three signings per season. Just wanted to get that in there because I want to prove it's a little bit harder than a normal Manchester United save. However, results would say slightly different. So let me just explain quickly who I've brought in over the last few seasons. Um, We've seen some talent come through the door. Frank Kessie, Pedri, uh, Musiala, Bellingham, Fafana, just to name a couple over the last couple of seasons. And also the young Ali Amy came in. Um, it was our first full season at the club and uh, we, we did all right. We did all right. We had a very tough Champions League group with Bayern Munich in there and Monaco, uh, but we managed to come out of that uh, quite quite handily. We dropped early points in the Premier League with losses to Leicester, drawing to Bournemouth, losing to Liverpool and proving that we can't do it on a cold Tuesday night away at Stoke. We lost 1-0 to them. Um, which means we might as well just give up. But uh, later on in the season, we managed to pick up some forms and results, and we ended up actually winning the league. Uh, the Manchester United's first silverware for a very long time, uh, winning the league by 12 points to Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City, uh, who kind of really, really fell off the cliff quite late on. Um, we set ourselves up in a quarterfinal of the FA Cup, with Leeds, dirty Leeds, and unfortunately, we lost that FA Cup quarterfinal. We did win the Carabao Cup. I'm absolutely screwing with chronological lines here, sorry. Um, we beat Tottenham 5-0 in the EFL Cup, so we had won two trophies, but the one that we wanted to win was that holy grail of the Champions League. We, we lost to Liverpool early in the season. We pipped them to the title, but we played Liverpool at Wembley in front of 90,000 people in with the hope of winning the Champions League. What I want to do before I tell you about that is I want to tell you about a young Matthew Williams who's come through our, uh, our academy. He is from our first youth intake. He is potential five stars. He's the only one. At 15, he had a technique of 16, passing of 17. Um, his determination and his decision makings was, were 18. He looked like he could potentially be the real deal. Um, he came on in that Champions League final as well. So like he is in the squad straight away. We're trying to focus on building a youth team, building a, a, a sorry, a youthful team and building a team that can do some damage. Adi Amy got a brace in the Champions League final. Jaden Sancho got a goal. Musiala got a goal. We are 4-0 up with about 10 to go, 15 to go. And I decided to bring Matthew Williams on, becoming the youngest ever player to play for Manchester United, the youngest ever player to play in the Champions League. And also, the youngest ever player to score in a Champions League final as he makes it 5-0 in 
against Liverpool. Um, so a convincing win. We then did a little bit of shuffling around this summer. This is the summer that we're on now. Um, we sold Harry Maguire and I brought in, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm very sorry, but I'm, I'm going to butcher it. Inashu? 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 Fuck knows. The one that comes Who? from Port Sporting. Oh, Inacio. Inacio. We, we basically played. <laughs> Who's even Inacio? No, 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 honestly, who the fuck we you I'll be honest, right? We played Bless you. <laughs> 15, 16 times on, on how to pronounce it via a YouTube channel. And I still get it wrong. So, you know. Uh, we also brought Livermento in from Southampton. We're a bit cheeky with that deal, to be honest. Um, we, as soon as the, win, the winter window shut, he had a £72 minimum release clause which come out of his contract at the end of the season. In-game, he was valued at about 100-odd million, our agent said. Um, so I went in, the minute the window shut, I went in and put a bid in for 72 million, which they accepted. But obviously, he didn't turn up till the end of the season. So we've got him come in. Uh, we've got the centre-back come in. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo decided to retire and hang up his boots. Um, and we sold Donny van der Beek, which freed up a little bit of wages, freed up a little bit of money. So when I bought Vinicius Jr. We had a few players we could have picked. Oseman being one of them, as per normal. But like, I manage him a lot, so I decided to bring Vinicius Jr. in. What I like is we have him, we have Adam Amy, who can just kind of play anywhere across that front three. And if you haven't managed Vinicius already, oh, I'll literally just go look at his attributes. They are stupendous for a 24-year-old. Um, and that's kind of where we've got to right now. We missed out on a Lionel Messi. He is 37. He decided that he wanted to leave PSG at the end of his contract, but he still wanted to play. So we went and asked him how much he would like, you know, what the money is for his contract. He wanted £625,000 a week at 37. <laughs> on top of that, he wanted £150,000 per, per appearance. And I just said, you know what, this is too much. Uh, so he went to Wolves for a hundred grand a week. I I don't understand it. I mean, That's I know we've lowered our reputation, but I don't understand it. Um, I will say this: Wolves are European champions. They won the Europa League, which what? means oh. they are in yeah only the Europa League, which means they are in the uh, Champions League next year, which is awesome for them. Great work for them. But it also means that we met them in the Super Cup. And we played against a very good Wolves side, which we'll talk about very quickly. But uh, we played Everton in the Community Shield because they won the FA Cup. We beat them 6-2. Very convincing at Wembley. We then went and played, for some reason, Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Super Cup at Villa Park. Yeah, I, I don't know why either. Same. But they lined up with a tremendous midfield of Neves, Van Der Beek and Jesse Lingard. Your wingers, Pedro Neto, Lionel Messi. And then Raul Jimenez up top. Sounds like our team next year, that is. It, oh, well, you won't have Neves. <laughs> I saw him crying yeah. away. Um, but yeah, you had big Tarks at the back as well. Um, you got Traore on the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like a great sight, Dave. Uh, but we beat you 4-1 at Villa Park. All oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. We were 4 nil up. We, took, we made some changes and you did score a last minute goal. But um, yeah, we'll see how you get on. I'll, I'll, I'll feed you back how you get on in that Champions League because that is quite impressive, you know, for him to go and win. Europa League. Have you ever won a Europa League with your Wolves sides? Yeah, I've, I've done it before. Okay. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the current Wolves manager? Is it still Bruno Large? No. It definitely isn't Large. It's Roberto De Zerbi. 
which is the Shakhtar Donetsk manager in real life. He went, he left Shakhtar and he came to Me you. Me and Matt are trying to think if you've said that correctly or not. I'm sure. Roberto <laughs> Deserbi, his name. Uh, he has very, very good attributes for a coach, for a manager. He's oh, Deserbi, yeah, you're right. He's yeah. an Italian. Um, he has a, he used to play, I think he had some time at AC Milan, but I don't think he was a, like a worldy player. Um, but yeah, he looks, oh, he played, he played at Napoli for a bit. Um, he started his career at Milan in real life, but no, he's, he looks like he could be the real deal. I've only just realized we actually took his job at Palermo. I think he used to manage at Palermo, which is, you know, narrative as Matt likes it. Call it. But yeah, it's exciting. We've got some really weird teams in the, in the Premier League. Um, like Burnley, they're still there. Um, <laughs> Leeds are still there, uh, which is weird. Uh, but mighty Blackburn are there. Yes, they are man. in the Premier League. Um, hoping to potentially win it. You never know. But I'm going to assume that Tony Mowbray isn't the manager. He's he's not. Um, you have a Serbian called Vladimir, um, who uh, says here he used to be Watford manager 2020 to 2020. So he probably had about a week and a half at, at Watford. I mean, it is pretty much standard for Watford, really. So. <laughs> but he's he's been at your your place for two years. He seems to have done quite well. He's got you up into the Premier League. You can't ask for much more than that. Uh, you went up second in the Championship. Uh, you missed out on the playoffs last year, which is a shame, I guess. A steady build. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. But yeah, we've got a really strong team. And like I said, we've, we've kind of limited ourselves to what we can buy by only buying three players so we've not like completely ripped the heart out of the team um, but I think you know I think we've made it a little bit difficult but on paper we're just we're killing it playing a 4-2-3-1 quite a good little team a pair of wingers which is very very strange for me to play but um, yeah it's exciting that midfield of Pedri and Bellingham is just delightful by the way and, and an average age of about 15 I think they both went to school with Dave <laughs> Actually, Bellingham probably could have with you, right? He was that neck of the woods, wasn't he? Yeah, Starbridge, mate, not far away. Mm. It was a year below, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dupe. Uh, hopefully, uh, people will keep apprised of the situation by watching your Twitch channel. No, I'm giving you a chance to give a, an actual plug here. I've given you permission. Oh, yeah. You can watch my Twitch channel. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> Gets permission. Worst <laughs> plug ever. Yeah, Thanks. no, you know, like, um, it's never, you know, like, it's never as good when you're allowed to. I think it's always better when it's a bit naughty, a bit dirty, Matt. Do you know what I mean? I prefer it like that. Okay, well, I'll I'll bear that in mind for future. I'll make sure I mention it every time so you never plug it again. <laughs> Excellent. Wreck, wreck, wrecking my life. Cheers, mate. <laughs> You're welcome. Right, uh, let's move on then to our spotlight, gentlemen, which, as I alluded to in the introduction, is to do with cup finals and how we cope or deal with them uh, and build on either success or move on from failure if you fall at that final hurdle and ultimately consider whether there needs to be a difference in approach, regardless of whether you were victorious or not. There have been some quite dramatic falls from greatness in recent years, so this should be an interesting little chat. So, um, I guess, really, 
how do we go about evaluating things? Um, I think it, I think if we start from sort of what would you do if you were expected to win? And obviously we can throw we'll, we'll throw the Champions League, Europa League, the FA Cup, FA Trophy. Uh, and it's playoff season as well, so we'll throw anything like there's, there's a lot of any of those like they the majority of those are quite especially the Champions League and the playoffs are, are big money spinners. So you if you win or then there's uh, there's lots to do. So we'll we'll throw all of that into this. So Dave, take it away. Yeah. Obviously, over the last last few years, I've had uh, you know a number of saves where I've got into different finals. We had the obviously the Pentagon Challenge a few years ago. I've got into a few uh, European finals recently as well. I think the playoffs is always an interesting one because, in terms of preparation and so on, uh, you're always about two or three weeks behind the other teams that have been promoted uh, because obviously you just don't know what division you're going to be in. Uh, you can always keep your eye on players, you know, contracts expiring and so on, but. The difference in class between leagues, like say for argument's sake, if you're going from the championship to the Premier League and even further down the ladder, you know, you you don't really want to be committing to signing a player before you know what division you're going to be in. Um, but I have it, had it a number of times um, where I almost have to get rid of any sentiment after a cup final, especially if I lose. I've been very, very ruthless. I think on the Pentagon Challenge, I had like a, a veteran striker for Real Madrid who had been really good for me, got a great amount of goals and he missed a penalty in the Champions League final. <laughs> Next day, transfer listed, he was gone. To be fair, the year after we went and won it, but I've done it, I did it last year with Raul Jimenez as well. Uh, I think it was a, I'm not, uh, I think it might have been a Champions League final. Dropped an absolute stinker. I've got a feeling he missed a penalty in that as well and he was gone a few days after. So I, I'm always very, very ruthless with uh, when it comes to players. They mess up for me on the on the big day. You know we've we've you know worked all season for it. Um, they're normally out the door. To be fair, so ruthless. Yeah, do you know what? Recently, I've not done these lower league saves, which has taken me down to the the playoffs, etc. But it is such a difficult part of the game. Um, there's so much riding on. They always talk about the hundred million pound game and all that jazz. There is so much tension and so much. It could. It, it doesn't just change a, t uh, a season. It changes a club. You know, if a club gets promoted and you know they get relegated, but they get the, the parachute payments. But it's so difficult to to plan for next year if you are sat in that playoff position. Should you, you know, you know, Matt saying like you should win that game. So for example, they've got IRL. We've got we've recorded this the night Huddersfield have just uh, guaranteed their spell. But we're gonna say probably uh, Nottingham Forest are gonna be the other team. They are expected, like everyone would expect them to win that game. They're such a strong side. They've been really good. Um, they've done really well in the FA Cup. Now, going forward, you would want to think that they need to be thinking about how they are going to be planning for next season. But it's just impossible because football is football. You know, so much upset. And in Football Manager, you can't, you can't sign, your, sign these players expecting to have them next year and then... You, you sign them up to big wages and all that, and, and then it, you don't go up. So that expectation big, can really cause problems. Like the big difference, though, with FM and real life is that, well, actually, maybe not, but with how FM handles sort of the, the closed season transfers, you want, until the reputations get reset and you get moved up the division, you're, you're likely not going to 
be able to sign the players that you really want to sign anyway, unless they're a youngster from a, a nation that has a lower reputation. You've managed to beat everyone to them, for example. But mm. if I, I normally, especially when it's, I guess it depends on how much money you've got and the financial situation at the club. But if you, I'll maybe have tried to get a few early ones in January. And I guess it also depends on whether you were expecting to be there. And it may be, maybe you were vying for the automatic spot, so then you just dropped out because form dipped off or you got injuries or what have you. And so you were already building towards next season anyway. So there, I guess that there's always that to sort of to add to the mix of the... Like, there's so many caveats to this, really. Like, if you were... If you're disappointed to be in the playoffs anyway, uh, then... Uh, you're kind of like I need to get there because I've already signed these players or you know I'm literally waiting for the transfers to go through in the summer and I'm going to struggle to build a team because I've already spent wages that I thought I was going to get so there is that's a really difficult situation Uh, you've you've got the the other situation which is kind of like Forest in a way um, where they've kind of or um uh, even Huddersfield, actually, where they kind of come out of nowhere mid-season. Like Forest were in the bottom two until uh, until Steve Cooper took over. So he's done an incredible job to get them yeah. to where they are in the league. The fact that they were like fighting for automatic promotion in real life is is just bonkers, really. Um, from how far they were away from Bournemouth in the early stages in um, in November. But the, like, the, the, like when you have when you have that and that you you get to the playoffs late, I think that's the situation where you you can't do anything because you you really don't know what to do, um, and it's very you know your situation is entirely entirely based of, or it, <laughs> if you don't go up then you know what you're doing. If you do go up, then you're going to have to scramble around. Panic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Especially as what you, when you weren't expecting to be there. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think we've, we've all, all spoken about being like promoted too early. And like, you, you, we have, a, we've had our own like surges in form and we've ended up finishing really strong. But the team is not strong enough to be like, we're expecting another season, maybe even two in that division, regardless of whether like you're getting promoted from the championship to Premier League or from League One to Championship, whatever. But the the playoffs, um, when it's an unexpected surge, it, it can can create some transfer dilemmas and probably a reliance on loans. Um, but let's let's bring this back round to to the sort of the well the meat and potatoes of everything. Uh, how do we like, regardless of whether you win or lose? What do we like? How do we assess what went right and what went what went wrong, and then what do we go about doing, like with that sort of scenario? So I guess we can answer the same question twice. So if you're an underdog and you're not expecting to win, um, and you end up being a runner-up in an, in a cup, what would what do you do then? And then likewise, if you've won. Uh, like, how do you assess what went right or what went wrong? Or do you not? Do you just leave it because you're happy with how it went? The fact that you won, you you actually will will draw a line under it and move on. I would I would say for me, um, cup final, yes, like I said, can make or break a season. Look at Chelsea, IRL, 
if they would have won the FA Cup, great season. Now they're just third. But for me, I've planned for my team. I've I've decided how I want my team to play. I've spent all year, all preseason, and then all year honing that team, honing the system. I wouldn't then rip it all up just because we lost the final. Um, I would then I would sit, I'd reevaluate, maybe look at some of the the coaching reports and say maybe this guy really hid. Does he not like big matches? Has he got a tendency for that? Uh, if that's the case, then maybe we want a personnel change. Um, but I mean, we've got to remember that these this is the team that got us to that cup final. Cup finals aren't easy to get to. Um, they are very difficult. And I think I would look at the bigger picture and say, okay, we didn't win it. Let's reassess. Let's go again. But the assessment would be, this is class as a big match. Who doesn't like a big match? Who's... Uh, whose kind of concentration is low? Who's who's gonna kind of fade away and and just hide and let the others try to take the shine? But um, yeah, I wouldn't rip it right up. I would I would take small baby steps. Yeah, and I know I'm sort of jumping the gun a little bit on this, but I think one of the big things, especially if you lose a game, is you know looking at your squad and thinking what could have been different. You know, if it's a, a tournament that's sort of middle of the season, like a Carabao Cup for argument's sake, or a, EFL Cup Johnston's Paint Trophy whatever it's called these days what is the reason that you haven't won that game or you struggled is it squad depth have you got the squad depth you might have played on the Tuesday and or on the Wednesday and the Cup Finals on the Saturday or Sunday and, and players are tired so I think you need to look you know before that I know we spoke the last couple of weeks in regards to resting players and making sure they're ready for these games um, Europa League in, champ in particular is probably one of the most demanding tournaments I think because you're playing Thursday uh, Thursday Sunday um, so that that's the one And but it's so hard to get a squad and I know in an ideal world for everyone we want two players at least in every position that are going to be good enough to play but how hard is it to find one to afford two good first team quality players to play in, you know, play the games, but two to keep those players happy as well. It's so difficult. So um, squad depth is is a big one, but it's how you balance that squad uh, before those finals. And that normally, when you lose a game, I always that tends to be the one thing that I look at, thinking, what if, you know, what if we had this a stronger player in this position? Uh, I think that's one of the big problems. I think. This year, more so than any year, I've lost more cup finals than I ever have. Yeah. More Champions League finals. You know, I tried the Pentagon Challenge. There was multiple times that I've got to the Copa Libertadores final. I've got to the Asian Champions League final. And we've lost against teams that we should have won. One team I lost in the Asian Champions League against a team of grayed out players. I couldn't even see their <laughs> attributes. I should have walked that. As free could have played the front three that I play. You know, we could have absolutely walked that. And again, it's. It's always difficult, especially when you're trying to do it challenge base. But these cup finals, they are they're the pinnacle. They are the, the the top of that season. It's what you've built to. It can be so deflating to lose it, right? It can be so deflating. And I think what Dave's saying there with the squad depth, and I think it's very quick for people to turn to their squad and go, you're not good enough. Rip it up, rip it up, rip it up, rip it up. Many times you've got to remember, football is football. And we spoke about the coin, the coin flip of football. Nine. Not every single time does the best team win a game. Uh, if that did, then we'd it'd be pointless, and there would be no such thing as football betting if the best team won every single game. <laughs> you know, it sometimes you just gotta put your hands up and say things just didn't go right that today. Let's go again. 
you know, you know, you said earlier, dude, in regards to you know your team was good enough to get you there. Um, what are your thoughts? And I know this is a slight tangent on cup goalkeepers because it's becomes, especially in real football, uh, it's become quite a common thing now. And obviously, even now there is a squad status on Football Manager that is cup goalkeeper. If you are in a cup and obviously you've used your, let's say, cup goalkeeper throughout this tournament, if you get to the final, do you trust the cup goalkeeper or do you go with your first team goalkeeper? If you've played that cup goalkeeper all the way through, fine. I can kind of see where you're coming from. Yeah. I think it matters who you play against. I am playing yeah. Dean Henderson in net against, against Haaland and Mbappe from Manchester City if we play them in an FA Cup final. I'm sorry. But I don't care whether he's played every round. He played the first cut round against Shrewsbury. I don't, I don't care. Um, for me, when it gets to that final, I'll be honest. Strongest team. Strongest team. Regardless of the final. If there's a chance to stand up on the, 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 the podium and put your, you know, raise a loft and then see somebody do a cartwheel, it's going to be my best <laughs> 11. Look at Mark Noble, right? Mark Noble, to me, has had an cr- incredible a career. You know, obviously, recently he's about to retire. Had his final game at Upton Park. Uh, sorry, the London Stadium. Um, he didn't win a single trophy the whole time he was there. You know, it, people can have incredible careers, and trophies and finals. People just don't. People just don't always win it. It, it just seems that people got to remember how how difficult it is to win a final, to to get a medal, and respect the people that have got medals. And fair play. Best best goalkeeper, best goalkeeper possible, best eleven. I'm not mucking about. I, I I tend to I, I disagree with having a cup goalkeeper. If someone asks for it, I'll just set them as backup. Mm. I, I refuse to. I'm not because <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to get caught out or because it, it just it's just a recipe for disaster when it comes to them like you leaving them out. Um, or if if you end up like getting a a good youth prospect come through and you want to use them instead and you've got this other chief that is just sort of kicking up a fuss because he's not getting used in the in the cups like he was expecting to. Just, just fuck off, mate. Not interested. I'll have to be honest. Um, I think it's, I think I do, I do like having one. Oh, I don't, I, use, I like using it as an excuse. So again, we're talking about my man United. So, so Dean Henderson come to me this week or tonight's stream saying, I want to get into the England squad. Um, I'm not playing. I'm like, well, I'll play in the Cups. And then he's in his last year of contract. If a youth prospect comes through or, you know, something comes up, I'll just leave him out. And if he gets upset, well, fuck yeah, see you later, son. Just <laughs> goodbye. Um, I think for me, it just gives me a good excuse. If I want to get rid of them or I want them to leave, just we'll just class you as a, they're not gonna. They're not. You're not gonna put a club, uh, a cup goalkeeper who's a high up in that hierarchy. It's, we're either gonna be talking about somebody young or somebody that is a backup goalkeeper. So I think you can get really get away with just going. Do you know what? I I use you when I want. If you're gonna kick up a fuss, there's the door, son. There is uh, there is some though. Like I mean, again, using a real life example at Wolves, one of our most influential players behind the scenes is John Ruddy, and he's obviously our, he's obviously our backup goalkeeper, but. In re- in regards to FM, it's always one of them. You like you like know what I'm like with their squad selection. If I pick a cup, cup goalkeeper, they're normally somehow miraculously also in goal for the Premier League game after because I definitely <laughs> don't check to take them out. So, so why is why is 19 year old Andre Gomez in goal there against Manchester United? Shit. 
Uh, you say you say that, Dave. Uh, Lee Grant at Manchester United. Uh, it's come yeah. out today, t- literally today, uh, as of recording, that he's the snake. He's the snitch. He's the one that's been leaking it. He's been playing this Swear. like player. Yeah, there's a massive bust up. They haven't released the name of the second person that had the fight. There was a fight at Carrington today, um, and it's been released. Oh, it's, it's been leaked that he's the one leaking the information. Oh no! Um, and he is meant to be like taking like a, a club ambassador, a club uh, coaching role. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Game the goalkeepers are just different breed of people. Don't never trust a goalkeeper. Right, that's the easiest job in football, by the way. Backup goalkeeper. Scott Carson and Richard Wright. Do you remember? Uh, I can't really talk about goalkeepers. I once upset a goalkeeper by calling him not a real footballer. So um, <laughs> if anyone's listening, it's like you calling Lee a drummer not a musician. He's not that's really, like Matt, is he? Joke. No, actually, that's not because a drummer kind of sets the beat, right? It depends on which yeah. you want. Matt's a like, drummer. He loves it. Matt's a drummer. The, it's also percussion. Like it depends if you're a, a percussionist. A percussionist is different to a, a drummer. But there you go. Anyway, we're we're getting um, sucked into one of our usual tangents. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about specifics then. Like deep, you've mentioned about sort of some of your less successful uh, sort of cup runs and and Champions League runs throughout your. Um, sorry, I've. Achievement hunter save. Yes. Um, but like, what do you do? You have any like examples of like managerial masterstrokes or the equivalent where <laughs> how long you, you got you, you like yeah. where where you or you where you've or the opposite where you've made the wrong decision, cup goalkeeper for example, or not removing goalkeeper from squad in in before the match starts, and it all falls to pieces. Like, do you have any specific? examples that you remember let me take you back to 2027 matt i was at the mighty lions in china and uh we were in the asian champions league final uh on our fifth attempt attempt i believe um and i'll be honest if you don't know asian football it's it's a nightmare uh because uh, it's great fun but you can't actually be the best nation in, in you know like you can't it's so many different nations, Saudi Arabia, all that jazz, they, they're all included. Um, and we managed to get a squad together, play really well. We got very close the season before, but, you know, again, we assessed, we kind of had a little look, we saw what we could do. Upsteps, us playing Trish Reen, they're called, Trish Reen. They were an Iraqi team. Again, zero players. I couldn't scout a single one. <laughs> I've been playing the same system all year, Really great results, like tremendous results. We knocked out the current holders. I then go into this game and I'm playing my normal system the way it is. They score after three minutes. I shit myself. I'm thinking, (laughs) surely, (laughs) surely we can do better than this. I decide to stick and just sit with what we know. I think this is the best thing to do. We clearly have the better side. In the 86th minute, we got a penalty and we scored it. At that time, we were pushing everybody up. I think I had two defenders, I had one midfielder and then everyone else was attacking players. And then I got a little bit excited bouncing around the room as I do if you've ever watched one of my streams at twitch.tv forward slash dupe. There you go, Matt. Um, and I didn't press pause and I didn't have a chance to replace everybody back, Matt. So what happened was 
in the 91st minute. The next highlight, they scored and knocked us out of the Champions League final. Disaster class, Matthew. Disaster class. That's a hard one to take because we were shit and we should have scored more. But really, I put one foot there. I put one foot wrong and got a little bit too excited. I've got a masterclass. Uh, did a journeyman last year. Grimsby. I had um, Cameron Archer, uh, the Villa lad. But this was last year, so he wasn't actually great on FM at this point. Probably had a little bit of potential, but still very raw. So technically and mentally, wasn't fantastic. But what he did have, which is the one one thing I love uh, in lower league, is pace. And um, it's, I'm sure it's the playoff final. Gets to extra time, he's on the bench. And it's this is on YouTube. Uh, I've been meaning to like put it into like a, a TikTok or something. I'm I'm there talking. I'm there like doing subs for like two minutes, trying to think of what can I change tactically to win this game. And I thought, all right, Cameron Archer's on the bench. I had a choice of two or three strikers. I'd um, I don't think he was, but someone like oh, it was Connor Washington, so a pretty established striker. And it was either him or Cameron Archer. And I thought, I said to cam uh, to the camera, Cameron Archer. He's got a little bit of pace. I'm going to change his role so he's on the last man. And genuinely, click play. First highlight is the ball going over the top. Cameron Archer going onto it and rounding the goalkeeper and going in. I, I, it was one of them when you do a knee slide and start kissing the carpet. I was doing the Denver bar. I was doing all sorts because it was just, that is a, that's a masterclass right there. I'll, like I said, I'll have to put it in a video and I'll, I'll post it out yeah, this week. Okay, as it's confession time. Um, I want to. I want to confess something, Matthew. Is that okay? Is it going to be a Dave and Reload? No, confession? no, because I have morals, okay. Matthew. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen them yet. But <laughs> so I want to talk you through our final Champions League win, which caused us to go and complete the Pentagon Challenge. Okay, uh, at Bayern Munich. Uh, it's a long story. I can't really go into it too much. However, what happens was seventieth minute. Uh, we are one all with PSG. We, we lost the final the year before. I then decide this is a great time to, to drop our defensive line because they were pushing, but we couldn't get space in behind. So I dropped our defensive line. I dropped our attackers, uh, our attacking line back, our line of engagement. I played longer balls, right? And I bought, I bought on a pacey striker. And I thought, what we can do is we can just contain a little bit Right, I think I also dropped one of my centre mids because he played ball winning, uh, ball winning midfield on support in the centre of a three, and I dropped him back into DM. And I thought, here we go. He's a good distributor of the ball. He'll get the ball back. He'll ping it over the top. We'll go and we'll score. What the next highlight shows is a corner. Right, the ball, the the ball gets whipped across from their corner. We head the ball out. Our striker runs onto it. We uh, our DM sorry pings the ball up. Our striker runs onto it and he scores which then turns out to be the winner. At that moment, I am thinking I'm a freaking legend. I know football hmm. in and out. And then the highlight rolls and the next thing it says, would you like to continue with this change? <laughs> and the change <laughs> that actually took place. <laughs> I was like, I am a mate. I, call me Pep. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it turns out I actually didn't, it didn't get done before the corner. And I thought I was bigging myself up so much as well, which is unlike me, Matt. You wouldn't, you would be surprised for me to say mm. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there you go. A little confession. Really uh, Cup final confession. Well, mine, I actually, it was the FA trophy that I won with Billericke that was, uh, was a, 
it was a masterstroke, but it took like four games to get it there. Um, I'd struggled against Nantes County in the league. They they were the only team that I just couldn't get anything from. Some of it was bad luck. Like I got, ended up getting players sent off and I was struggling anyway. Um, and they beat me twice during the league. Um, but it was very, it was very sweet at the end of, uh, at the end of things. So I, I'd, uh, trying to remember how, which way around it is. Yeah. They, but I'd, I'd been playing this four, four, two, but with inverted wingers pretty much for the entirety of my time at Billericay. And it, it had done the business. Um, but we were very much like, I think in the Vanarama national, there was still a lot of like the, you've got Stockport County, Notts County, and uh, Tranmere are still there as well. So quite a lot of teams who are big for that division and a fairly recent, like recently relegated league teams. Because uh, I was only a few years into the save at this point. So I'd, I'd kind of, I think I was vying for second at one point and then I had a few injuries and dropped down into the playoffs. I think I'd, I'd ended up, ended up having to play Notts County in the playoffs, which uh, is is not the most fun. Having like, having known that I'd struggled against them in the league, but I'd used those games to my advantage. And I thought I'm going to have to like, I don't know, pull a rabbit out of the hat to get past them. Cause we, uh, we ended up playing each other in the final. And my masterstroke was basically Mark, like they played a weird, like narrow formation that nobody else in the, in the league played at all. And it just, it would usually just scythe through the centre of my team. I could watch it happening. I just couldn't stop it. But this time I was, I was prepared for it. Uh, I'd put set players to stop marking. I'd selected particular roles to stop, like basically doubled up on the, the wings to stop their wing backs from driving forward or cutting in, just doing anything. Um, I'd, I, even my team selection was specific to stop them playing. Um, and I managed to squeeze through on penalties uh, in the end. And it was, I ended up having to push for it towards, like, I, we got to extra time. Um, I just managed to pull it back just before it went, went to extra time and then ended up beating them on penalties. However, the following week, so I'd gone up through the, via the playoffs, the following week, I played them in the FA Trophy final and I beat them outright. For, like, so it, it took four games, but I finally beat them. <laughs> Um, so I stopped them from going up and, uh, and I beat them in, in the FA trophy, which, which was actually my, like my swan song for, for Billy Ricky. Cause then I left and went to Groningen. Um, but that was, it was like, it's it, things like that. It's and obviously I guess like being in Lee, like, well, in the Vanarama national, I didn't have any staff to help with an analysis or anything like that. So I'm having to watch matches to see what's actually happening and try to stop them defeating me so easily it does help when you've got 11 players on the pitch though I don't know this is probably something that we can discuss and I think we've we have maybe brought it up over the last 12 months definitely but what are your thoughts on lower league management Matt do you think it's too easy on FM uh, I think there are bits that you can kind of exploit like you can gamify it so it's up to you as to how how realistic you want to be want to be like the the whole uh non-league to legend thing that that kev does is very much it's it, it, previous before kev threw his trademark on it it was that it's known as lower league management it's it's how you play it that's it's it's a style of playing fm to make it realistic 
I mean, it'll surprise everyone that, that Kev has has not come up with the idea himself. Um, <laughs> and that it is just a, a save type that loads of people have done for a long old time. But, I used to play know. a lot, yeah. But it's it's a lot more disciplined way of, of playing it to make it more realistic. So you aren't just basically going and rinsing loads of free transfers or like living off loans and things like that. Um, if it, I think it depends on the team. Uh, and also, like, I think FM has made it a bit more difficult since they've introduced the, like, dynamics. Because mm. previously, what you used to be able to do is, like, have a, a brand new team every year. And it didn't, wouldn't matter. Whereas now, I think you're encouraged to keep more of the, like, more of the core there and the players that are good enough. Uh, rather than just, like, clearing out a squad and restart for the next division or for the next season, depending on where you got. Um, so I guess it depends. Um, so I'm going to sit on the fence, but yeah, it, I think I think it's it's down to how you you want to play. Yeah, you can, if you gain gamify FM, I, I I in fact I don't even think it's lower league management. I think it's any division. Like you can you can storm through a save if you know the the things that will give you like will maximize your performances. Like whether it be team talks or like finding yeah. players any you know whichever way like there are certain things that you can do in FM and it's it doesn't even have to do with tactics but there are certain things you can do that will will help help or well, make it a lot easier than it than it should be or could be that's, that's like every game though right and, that, and that's down mm -hmm. to you whether you want to do it like Dave saves and reloads everyone knows that makes the game easier <laughs> but we you know we me and Matt we both choose not to do it uh whereas Dave's different to us um Brilliant. you know Sorry, I wanted to get that dig in there. It's been a while, Dave. I mean, you've, you've yeah, got about two ten in. minutes. Yeah, two in ten minutes. Yeah. But no, I think obviously everyone's entitled to play it how they wish wish to. Uh, but I, because I'd started this save, I'd started as unemployed. It wasn't even like lower league management specifically that I was going for. It was just I'm going with no like as lower attributes as I can. Sunday football, like league footballer reputation no coaching badges, and then see where I go. Um, so I guess technically it's the journeyman, but it wasn't really even intended for that. It was like, I don't know who to be, so I'll just go to the first club that offers me a job. And it was a, a Liga 3 team in, in Germany, which, I mean, that didn't go very well. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, that's why I did. No, no coaching badges, no experience. And I, I got from non-league to the Premier League within five years. Uh, but like you said, if you're sort of fairly clued up on tactics, fair, this was second half of last year's game, fairly clued up on tactics, fairly clued up on what works and doesn't work, then I suppose you've already got a, a huge advantage I anyway. I think it's also like the, like the one thing that I think you can abuse is offering trials. Yeah. Uh, because like you, if you don't, like you basically can't afford to have a scouting network. But yeah. equally, like in real life, you're not going to be able to offer a, offer a trial to everyone. And even if you do, they're not going to accept it necessarily because like, the, the one thing that FM has introduced this year, or it may not even be this year, a couple of years ago, I think, but was the where players are a bit more location sensitive. So if you offer a, a player who, who resides in London an opportunity to go and play for you in Manchester in, like, I don't know, Staley Bridge uh, or... Uh, I'm trying to think of Aquing no Aquington is a bit too high up who are they um, I was going to actually it was not uh, bloody it's not Aquington Altrincham sorry um, 
either of those, there's a higher chance that they'll say, actually, you know what, mate? I'm I'm all right. I don't really fancy traveling 160 miles up just for this fucking trial and then for you to not sign me. So you do get quite a few players now rejecting trials or rejecting contracts because of like where you're based in comparison to where they live. Yeah, and in real life you can't literally get somebody on trial um and then the minute they step off the plane or the the bus go uh, nope. Uh, no. Exactly. See ya. Get no, back on the bus. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you use the trial as as a scouting like, just tool, which you get uh, the initial react like information right, and then bang, yeah. see you later. Some. Yep, because you can't afford scouts, or you or your board won't allow you to have scouts, or they're just shit. Yeah. Uh, so, so there are. I think the, the whole point of a trial is like in real life. Yeah, you would be able to see if they're any good or not. But I think like you can have a full squad. Like I think most boards will allow you to sign like thirty trialists at once. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like, there's no way you can get a a scouting report, even, like, top-tier clubs, for 30 players that quickly. Like, within a week, you kind of know whether they're going to be worth signing or not or whether they're going to be worth a punt. So, yeah, I know we've kind of gone gone off. Yeah, off, I was just a, a massive tangent, but, yeah. I, I mean, like, maybe we, what we should do is actually dedicate an entire pod to lower league management because mm-hmm. I don't think we've actually done one. Well, we could get Kev on as well and talk about it. That is maybe. an excellent idea. Let's Gosh. do that. Yeah, there I'm we not go. here that week. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, I do you know fair. I love uh, lower league, and I've I've done a lot of lower league and lots of different lower leagues. And next year, my main save is going to be probably a lower league save. So uh, I'm well up for that, Matthew. Yeah, good idea. I will. We will put the feelers out. Uh, if there's if is there any more for any more chaps, or should we wrap it up? That's all. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything more. Yeah, lovely. Right, well, I've enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully, wherever you are listening to this, you have two. So, um, that does bring episode 249 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all of our latest Football Manager content. And a uh, little, little sneaky peek into what we might have next week. Got a very special guest. Um, we won't say who but we have a very special guest next week. So if you've stayed with the podcast this long, you'll know, and I want you to tweet your suggestions of who you think it might be to us at Five Star Pod. Um, anyway, uh, no. because Oh, fuck. It, that's the second week you've mentioned him. You obviously got withdrawal symptoms. Anyway, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms for the new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week with our very special guest. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Bringing Curry back, eh?